there's a lot of people that come to me uh, in the DMs and stuff, and they're like, I've been streaming for three more months. I don't know what to do. I always tell them, stop streaming. Don't stream for two, three days a week. Yeah. And that's it. And then the rest of your time, you should be editing content. You should be an editor foremost. Mm -hmm. You should be an editor and then a, and then a streamer. Yeah. Like you should be editing 24 seven. And then when you can, you should be streaming mm -hmm. is my opinion. Um, Cause the only way to get your stream out there is via short form content, YouTube content. That's the only way. That's the only search engine um, that'll really push your stuff out. Twitch yeah. isn't a search engine, or at least I don't think anybody uses that as one. No, I've never gone onto Twitch and typed into the thing, <laughs> the Tarkov content, right. and then gone through the. You know, you just watch the people you watch, and if you don't watch them, you don't watch them. Welcome to Tardux, a podcast for content creators to come on, share their stories, experiences, and advice. And today, I have Frankie. Welcome. Hey, welcome. Uh, hi, hi, Barry. Welcome <laughs> to my podcast, actually. There we no, go. Thank exactly. You. Thank you for... Thank you for having me. It's uh, it's really sick to be here. Yeah. And for those who don't know, Frankie is an editor and he's worked with a ton of people in, in a lot of people in the Tarkov space that you're familiar with. And we'll hear all about his story uh, during this whole pod. Yeah, excited to share it. All right. So what we do to warm things up is we do sort of three random questions. So are you ready? Mm -hmm. I'm ready. I'm ready. Right. Hit me. Favorite season of the year? Favorite season of the year. So South Africa gets pretty hot in the summer, so I don't know if it's summer. Uh, and then conversely, in the winter, it gets quite cold. <laughs> so uh, I would say probably spring is probably yeah. my favorite. I've got a motorcycle, and so motorcycling in the spring is kind of ideal. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I want to say spring. Nice. Uh, fall, fall gets a bit dicey with the with the leaves on the road and stuff, yeah. and going around corners with a lot of leaves. It's not great. So spring, I think. Spring All right. For sure. Yeah. And now define cold because I'm from Canada originally, so cold oh, has a not different that level. Cold. <laughs> No, it's cold for Africa, so you gotta you gotta think locally here. No, for us, I think it it kind of just gets down to like five Celsius. Yeah, and that's absolutely freezing for us. Uh, I think <laughs> last night it got down to like nine, and yeah. I I just couldn't go outside at all. Uh, so um, yeah, cold is pretty relative, I guess. All right, definitely not anywhere close to Canada. Oh, okay. Canada's well, I, I saw a video of you. You you experienced some Canada like temperatures. I think you were up northern the U.S. Experiencing snow was that your first time seeing oh, yeah. snow? Um, no. Well, you did your research. That's interesting. Um, no, I uh, that was not my first time. Although that that was definitely the coldest that I've ever been. I think it was minus twenty five C up yep. there, and I, I that it was horrible. It was absolutely <laughs> horrible. I uh, was not prepared for that whatsoever, and yeah. I didn't even have the clothes. I was like borrowing people's oh, clothes, no. and people's boots, and stuff. Um, but not the first time I've seen snow, but definitely the coldest I've ever yeah, been. That's nice. for sure. Yeah. All right. Second question: What was the last movie or TV show you watched? Last. Last piece of media that I watched in general was a movie, and it was the Barbie movie. Oh, I watched okay. with my girlfriend. Yeah. And yeah. how was it? It was good. I loved it. Like specifically the the production value of it was insane. Yeah. Um. I I think my 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 girlfriend's like biggest pet peeve with me is that whenever she watches stuff with me, uh, I always try to pause and like analyze everything mm -hmm. about the movie, especially the like the editing and yeah. production and stuff like that. So I think um. On on that front, the movie did great because yeah. there's a lot of like really cool practical effects that they did. 
um and the set design was beautiful and the acting was fine uh but more so just the visuals kind of yeah. blew me away i really enjoyed it yeah nice. great yeah one of my movies that i really enjoyed the from an editing aspect of things was um mm. uh snatch with brad pitt it's a guy ritchie film snatch, i don't think i've I don't, I don't think i've seen that but i love guy ritchie oh uh, it is the way yeah. they shot different angles you know there's one yeah. point one of the one of the you know sort of the the muscle guys goes uh you know my gun the fact that it says desert eagle and it zooms in onto the gun you know desert eagle 5.0 and then back to the guys look on their face and just it's so well oh, done that's sick. yeah i'll have to watch that i haven't seen that yet yeah, yeah like the, the first opening like two minutes of it is like a single single shot but it's these guys going into the elevator, transferring up, and the cameras, you know, them basically getting to the room. And it's just, it's so well done. Oh, sick. Yeah. Yeah, I love stuff like that. I think my my favorite director, I, I forgot his name now, but he did uh, The Grand Budapest Hotel, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh, okay, I forgot yes. his name. People in the comments are probably screaming at me right now, but his stuff is absolutely phenomenal. Also, like, super, super, super specific about how he wants stuff shot and stuff. Yeah. And uh, absolutely love it. It's really, really good. Yeah, no. A big big, big movie head, but yeah. I my memory is horrible, so I keep forgetting. Wes Anderson. Oh, okay, guy behind yeah. me just, <laughs> just, <laughs> nice. just DM'd me. Yeah, Wes Anderson. Yeah, nice. I absolutely love that guy. Yeah, one more thing on Snatch. The, the one of the really cool things was, was consider, it was kind of like an indie low budget, even though Brad Pitt and Jason Stratham is in it. It's They, uh, they had minimal extra, so when they were shooting like the boxing scene around a boxing ring, uh-huh. they would basically yeah. move the extras around to fill in. So it's like, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. So yeah, you got to yeah, check I've that seen, out. Um, I've seen also a similar like boxing scene. I've seen somewhere uh, recently where they, br- they where they were doing like a UFC uh, movie. Yeah, I think it's it's not out yet, and uh, they actually went to an actual UFC event. And like hijacked the whole event to like shoot a scene in the ring with the actual crowd and everyone, yeah. and then they kind of just took them off, and then the actual event actually happened afterwards. So oh, kind of cool. funny how they, yeah, they kind of probably saved a little bit of money to not hire that many extras or, right. or have to do that much CGI. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. All right, third, you know, we're just not turning into the rapid questions, but the third question <laughs> yeah. we, we have is, what are you going to miss? So you're moving to Scotland from Africa. What are you going to miss most? Yes. Ooh, um, the weather, I think, is yeah. probably the biggest thing because I've heard Scotland's pretty gloomy and, and rainy and, and cold. So yeah. I think that I'm going to miss quite a lot. But I think the, the thing I'm going to miss the most is this. We, we got a little office here and I'm going to miss the guys in the office. Aww. and I'm miss coming in every day and, and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. That'll probably be it. Yeah. A right. um, lot of stuff's going to change, that's for sure. Yeah. But, um, I think this is the thing that I'll miss the most. Yeah. All right. Cool. Don't want to give them too much problems, but it's <laughs> no. fun being in the office with them. <laughs> yeah. All right. So before you know, you came an editor into the Tarkov space with a lot of personalities. You know, where are you from? So you're from Africa. You grew up there, South Africa. What you know? Yeah. What did you uh, you know? What what did you do before you found the you know editing's editing space, editing world? Right. Um. Well, I was always a big gamer. Yeah. Born and born and raised in South Africa in the Western Cape, so like super super south, like the southmost point of Africa, all the way down. Yeah. Um, that's where I was born and raised in a little town called Stellenbosch, kind of known for their their vineyards and wine and oh, stuff. Okay. Uh, my dad was a winemaker, and then I grew up there, um, and then started slowly but surely getting into PC gaming. Um, played Call of Duty Four, I think was like my first purchased PC game that I that I that I started playing. 
um my dad finally bought that for, for me after uh after i begged them for it um <laughs> and then uh slowly but surely just fell in love with gaming in general um my my academics kind of uh suffered because of that mm-hmm. but it was a fantastic uh what's the word like um it was a it was a fantastic pastime and hobby that i really enjoyed mm-hmm. not many people actually did any kind of gaming in my school oh, really? uh, maybe it was like just because it was uh, yeah a long time ago but not really many people gamed back then i, I don't think it was as acce- as accessible as it is now yeah um so yeah i kind of just fell, fell in love with gaming mostly call of duty and um slowly but surely kind of uh started watching content about the games that i was playing yeah as most people do uh you you play a game you also watch the content relevant to that game uh so that's where i kind of slowly but slowly uh get got into youtube and the content on it yeah um and then i was like i could do this thing so let me try and try and make videos on youtube about about these games so i was like sharing clips and stuff uh, of my gameplay moments, and that's where I kind of self-taught video editing and everything that comes along with it, like a bit of graphic design, yeah. a bit of this and that, Photoshop, um, and yeah, became a little bit proficient in it. Uh, wasn't great by any means, uh-huh. um, but I got by, and slowly but surely, like started growing a little bit of a following, and uh, eventually, I I think I got to around eight hundred uploads on my youtube channel and it just wasn't going anywhere yeah and that was very obvious to me so i was like okay screw it i'm gonna stop this now uh, before i get too <laughs> deep in um and i'm going to start to offer my offer my services up to other people who already okay. have a following yeah ah. and so that's kind of how it started yeah nice. uh, and and uh yeah a few years later here i am so, yeah. Very cool. So now those early gaming is Call of Duty. You know, I saw YouTube clips of your PUBG. Uh, yes, yeah. a lot of PUBG. Yeah. And now, you know, so that's sort of, it seems to a lot of people who start creating content, that's where they start with is their highlights. That's the first thing they, they create. And then one of the things that I liked about PUBG is the fact that you have your recorded gameplay after. So you can start changing camera angles and, and you know, putting yeah. that together. Yeah. Yeah, props that you went back and looked at all that stuff. That's great. Um, that's one thing that I think we're missing in Tarkov. And and um, yeah, when I was working with Pest, I, I kept bugging Pestley to ask Nikita about the replay feature because yeah. that's the only thing I cared about. I was like, right, I want to be able to make really cool videos. And I remember how, like you mentioned, uh, PUBG had that had that tool set where you could go. Uh, PUBG being a battle royale, it had like one game but everything gets filmed yes. uh, filmed all the data gets collected and then you can load that data back into your client and you can replay the whole game yeah uh from from a bird's eye view or, or whatever angle you want to and yeah. you can replay it as many times as you want you can slow it down you can view other people's perspectives uh you can do anything you want and that was a great tool for making content um and absolutely loved that about it. But now, when now that we're in Tarkov, it's it's you just don't have anything like yeah, that. So that's um, true. That was fantastic. It was just a great tool for telling story yeah. and giving the getting different angles and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, really, really like that. Yeah. And now today, what you know, do you play much? Do you do much gaming today? 
I wish. Uh, today was supposed to be our gaming day in the office, and uh, we kind of screwed it because um, we're we're trying to get ahead with content with yeah. all of our clients, and so we stayed really late last night to try and get ahead so we can game a little bit today. Yeah. Because I'm leaving for Ireland for two weeks tomorrow, uh, and I won't be here. And I was like, the last day I really, buddy, just want to game with everybody. But um, yeah work just kept piling oh, on no. so we we're still not finished so we're still not ready to game <laughs> but i think hopefully in two or three hours we'll, we can hop on uh and game for a few hours before we go to sleep but um no i'm not gaming much at all uh it kind of sucks yeah my 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 big spiel about all of it is like um generally gamers kind of follow this this thing where either you get obsessed with gaming in general and mm -hmm. then you turn it into a job uh, or you can't afford that and you get a job on the side and, and then gaming just stays your hobby and you do that part-time. Yeah. But if you're lucky slash unlucky enough to have gaming and content creation around gaming be your job also, I think um, the hobby kind of turns into like a, like a uh, I don't know how to phrase it properly, but like it becomes like a chore almost. Mm -hmm. And so... Your the thing that you really love doing on the side becomes this thing that you kind of resent doing in a weird way, yeah. and that's what editing became to me for for a small amount of period uh, of of time. Um, it was something that I did after school or after work, where I was I, I got back home and I was like, oh, I can't wait to edit. Right. And now it's like you know how I make my income, so it's like I have to edit. Yeah, it's not a choice anymore. And and I'm I'm sure with like streamers, it's the same thing. We're like. They fell in love with gaming, but now instead of it like being a relaxing time, it's maybe a stressful time for them. So yeah. uh, the meanings of the hobby kind of changed a little bit. So same for me. I, I spent too much time working, and now I don't have enough time to game actually. Yeah. Um, but funny enough, I'm not burnt out on Tarkov yet. Like I watch so <laughs> nice. much Tarkov, it's it's ridiculous because all of my clients are Tarkov based. Right. But um, yeah, I still love playing the game. Nice. I just don't have enough time to do so. Yeah. Now, what's the game that you guys are all playing in the office? Is it Tarkov? Uh, right now, yeah. Well, we're really excited for the wipe because uh, we usually stop playing like halfway through the wipe, as yeah. most people do, I'm assuming. Uh, you kind of just get burnt out after yeah. six months. And uh, we're really excited for the new wipe. That's going to be great. We're definitely going to be playing that in the office if we have time. Because, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And then we recently bought um, Remnant oh, 2. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we played like two hours and then work on the way. So today we're going <laughs> to hopefully carry on a little bit with that. Nice. But yeah, Remnants remnants on the plate for today. Yeah. Okay. So now what made you start creating YouTube content? Was it just you you wanted to throw your highlights up there or you, you wanted to, you know, jump into editing? I wanted to be mega famous, Barry. Yeah. I wanted to be the top <laughs> of the food chain. That's what I wanted to be. No, I, um, I think it's a bit of both like uh, – you know, I was young and naive, and I was like, "This is this is easy. I yeah. can do this." Um, and uh, I I did want to be famous. Like as as much as I'm making that a joke, I definitely wanted to be like. I really like that idea, like of 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 having a big audience. And my favorite part about the content creation was literally just reading the comments. It still is. Yeah. Like I'm not even the content creator. I'm just the editor. But I obsess about the comments and uh, reading comments of like positive feedback mm -hmm. or constructive criticism or anything like that. That's definitely the highlight of my job. And uh, back then too, when I when I started making YouTube videos, um, when I was super small, 
I got like three comments or whatever, and and that was the, the best part yeah. is like the feedback that I got from that. Um, and I think that's what kind of spurred me on to like uh, making better and better content, and getting better and better at editing is because people have you know enjoyed seeing that stuff, and and I was getting really nice comments. So nice. Um, I think that was it. I, I'm again looking back, it's like it's a bit cringe, and I see a lot of people delete their oldest videos and stuff, yeah. or they private them. I've kind of made a point not to do that because I kind of want people to look back and look at my really cringy edits uh, back in the day and see that it's okay to be cringy in the beginning. It's okay to be bad at mm -hmm. it. Like there's only one way of getting better and that's like putting in repetitions. So um, yeah, yeah. in the beginning, it I started for, for, for the fame and uh, just because it felt really great, like seeing nice comments. Yeah. Um, and then it, it kind of, became like a, a artsy thing of mm -hmm. like i really like the art and the the craftsmanship behind all of it and the technicalities and so on um that's kind of what it became into yeah, yeah but uh, okay yeah i would say that's it mm -hmm. yeah two things on that so yeah the like when you see you know the good comments just like yeah somebody watched it somebody liked it it just yeah fantastic. like you said it feels good and and even on the pods when i get yeah. you know i read i read all the comments and I, I reply back just because it's thank you you're, you're watching this mm -hmm. and then on the other part of it you know yeah keep your original content up there and see how you grow and see how the, you know, your content changed and you know i had veritas on a while ago and he said you know when you start out no you got nobody watching you so who cares what it's like exactly and you grow from exactly, there yeah yeah you have to you have to force yourself to just put that stuff out there there's a lot of um i uh especially working with with pest uh absolutely insane man in a very good way he's yeah. such a hard worker but um one thing that i learned from him is to get like to throw away my um uh, perfectionism i was uh, a serial perfectionist like i wanted everything to be absolutely perfect before i sent him stuff yeah but uh he would send me the footage i would edit it and then instead of sending it to him on time i would take 10 extra minutes and, and tweak a few more things and i'm like oh sorry it's a bit late like i wanted to have this perfect yeah and then later on he kind of got back to me and he was like really appreciate the quality and stuff that we're getting out of these videos but like it doesn't have to be perfect because yeah uh perfection is like a mirage like mm -hmm. you'll never really get there. It, there there will always be something to make better yeah um and another one of my clients way before pest also i, I don't know where this quote came from but it kept keeps getting stuck in my head and i keep preaching it to t these two guys behind me yeah um but it's like um i i read or heard somewhere from a client um uh art art is never perfected it's abandoned yeah so like you have a you have a, like a, a project that you're working on and before it reaches perfection like you will never get to perfection and so you'll always just end up abandoning it whenever like whenever you're like okay it's enough now like yeah. it's it's good enough uh it's abandoned on to the next project yeah that's in my opinion the best thing to get used to is to to know when it's good enough and then to put it out there in the world and then to move on to the next thing. Because there's been many times where I'm stuck on a project for weeks yeah. and I'm like, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. That's not good enough. Whereas I could have just sent it out into the world, have that be done and then move on to the next project and take the lessons that I've learned from that project yeah. and, and applied it to the next one instead of having to constantly mull over it, making sure that it's perfect. And that's one thing that Pesity kind of taught me is like drop the perfectionism thing, get it up to like 85, 90% yep. done and then put it out there and 
move on to the next one. So, um, yeah, that's a that's a very big point that I learned from that, yeah. which is great. Yeah, because most most people won't even notice that five percent if you know if you're focused on it, and it's it's so yeah. it's such a such a true statement. And another person, yeah. you know, another person that I you know, if you ever get free time to listen to or listen to his pods or just listen to his content is uh, Rick Rubin. He is the producer mm-hmm. for Kanye, Red Hot Chili Peppers. He was in the original Beastie Boys. Oh, wow. And he's oh, his just view and his talk and talking about creating and art and everything like that is just you know some really yeah. good things he has about you know about that subject. Yeah, I think it's important to like um, to listen to the people that have been in the industry for so 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 long, like uh, the Ruben guy. Yeah. Like um, I I even watch like content now, like um, not not internet content, but like uh, movies or series and stuff. And then I'm sat there with Emily, uh, my girlfriend, and I, and I I point out like continuity errors and editing mistakes and stuff, yeah. and she's like, I would have never seen that. Mm-hmm. Like that's not something I'm like having an eye for at all, yeah. or I'm not even trying to find these things. And I'm not even trying to either, but it's just the way my brain works. Like I'm obviously looking right. at these things because it's my career. But um, knowing that no one will notice the 10 or 5% that it's missing to perfection. Yeah. No one's going to notice. So just get it out there. Just get it done. Just uh, focus on your reps. Just get as much of the content uh, made and out there as possible. Yeah. Um, that's the only way forward. And, and But I definitely understand like the, the beginner people, um, myself, when I started, like you want to like scrutinize over every single detail mm-hmm. and make sure it's like absolutely perfect. Yeah. It never will be, no, unfortunately. Yeah. 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 So now you're, you, you're self-taught with all the, you know, the editing tools. Now, are you an Adobe guy or Vegas? Adobe. Yeah. Adobe, unfortunately. I started with Sony Vegas. Yeah. Um, I don't know which version. Sony Vegas 10 or something. I, I genuinely don't remember. But um, I, I have some Sony Vegas tutorials up there on my channel. I don't know <laughs> if they're still public or not. I got hacked uh, a f- like a few years back, like four years back or something. Um, and they deleted a bunch of my oh, content, no. which kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I started with Sony Vegas and then uh, moved over to Adobe eventually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the only problem is Adobe is extremely expensive. You pay monthly yes. and you pay, you pay quite, quite heavily. Um, and I think, uh, Sony is like a once off. I'm not exactly sure, but I think you pay yeah. once off and the same with DaVinci Resolve. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also pay once off and then you have it for life, which I really like. Um, but the thing that you can't get around is Adobe's whole suite exactly. uh, that they offer is just, it's so extensive and um, it it does, when it works, it, it works yeah. really well. And it's it's nice to have stuff live linked back and forth and you can hop over to different uh, mm-hmm. programs and they all work really well together. Um, so yeah, Adobe's unfortunately what I'm stuck with. It's like a love-hate relationship <laughs> with them. Um, oh. But yeah. Now, do you, you know, do you use the After Effects line as well? And Illustrator, the yeah. full suite is you know what you've yeah. learned. Wow. Um, yeah. So Photoshop, Lightroom, Premiere, After Effects, Media Encoder, Illustrator. Yeah. And I started dabbling in XD for for web design, but I'm yeah. very very bad at that. <laughs> I kind of gave up on that, and I was just like, I'll just get a Squarespace site. Hey. <laughs> I'm not gonna mess around too much with that. Oh. Yeah, yeah. But everything, everything Adobe. Yeah. And now have you started taking advantage of leveraging like, you know, the cloud for, you know, lever- uh, editing in the cloud versus, you know, taking everything down locally, edit, push it back up and. Um, no, I haven't really used the cloud much. Yeah. Um, 
the only cloud service we use is, is Google Drive for footage, but yeah. not not the native cloud on Adobe. No, um, we don't really use that too much. Everything is kind of local on our hard drives. I, I haven't really tried it yet, so maybe maybe it is something that I should look into, but um, haven't haven't done that yet. No, yeah, not oh, at all. Very cool. Yeah, I've I've had some friends in the industry, and what they you know they're you know bigger companies. Bigger corporations like, you know, the CBSs, the ESPNs and things like that, they're at the point now where basically, you know, all your content's up in like an Amazon AWS or something like that. They have their editors with basically very, you know, um, low level PCs that they ship yep. out. And then from there, everything is all, all the power is all done up in the cloud, which is you, you can really go oh, edit really? from anywhere. Yeah. It's. Oh, and do cool. they use. Um... Do they use different machines uh, that's not locally to render? Exactly. Stuff? Yeah. I'm Everything. Yeah. yeah. Basically, you take this, you know, like a two hundred dollar, you know, small form factor PC. That's their right. editing station, and everything is all done. And now you got proxy editing. You can share, and it's yeah, the yeah. workflow is pretty cool. But it's that's nice. I I don't I don't know if our um, our infrastructure in South Africa is not the, not the greatest. <laughs> so our, our internet's pretty horrible. Oh no. Um, yeah, depending on where you are in the country, it's a bit spotty here and there. And then when you're lucky, you can get a good line. But yeah. um, I'm I'm assuming all of that stuff gets uh gets streamed, like the previews yes. and stuff gets yeah. streamed to the to the PC. So I don't know if that'll work too well yeah. here, but yeah. uh, it's worth a try. I should give it a shot because yeah. right now we're running, we're we're buying a NAS soon, so we mm -hmm. have like centralized storage nice. that everyone can tap into with ethernet or whatever yeah um but currently we're like running around with uh with hard drives between the pcs <laughs> and trying yes. to like oh give me the footage here so we can keep it yeah. yeah oh very yeah, cool it's a a mission. and now you know when you started putting your content up on youtube you know what was there a certain mm -hmm. video that you know exploded for you that like holy cow i can't believe i got you know ten thousand views or a hundred thousand views before um, you started working with the you know with the other content creators um yeah uh i think so i think some of my tutorials did decently um my memory is horrible and i haven't really looked at my own channel in such a long time but like more of the call of duty editing like little montages and stuff uh those tend to do pretty well um and i had a few tutorials blow up here and there um but yeah not really like just entertaining stuff it was yeah. always like based on my editing skills or mm -hmm. teaching what knowledge I have about right. editing. It was never, yeah. And so that was kind of a bit of a hint, I guess, for me to be like, <laughs> okay, this is not my thing. <laughs> I'm not an entertaining guy. It just is what it is. So I was like, okay, I'll move over to to just do the, do the skill set yeah. on its own without, yeah, yeah. And now when you're creating YouTube content today, are you aiming for a certain time, like a length of video or basically you, you're just aiming for the story that you're trying to tell? Um, uh, you mean for clients? Yeah, or... for clients. I, yeah. Um, well, I mean, it, it depends on what brief they hand us. So, yeah. um, it, it depends on what, uh, what stuff, uh, what, what, um, what things they're trying to hit. Like some people are trying to hit those longer form, um, videos like, uh, Swamp Fox, one of my clients, yeah. he likes doing a little bit longer format stuff. So then, uh, the runtime kind of matters or other people that like, they just want to get information over. So it doesn't really matter how long it is. Yeah. Um, in, in that case, you kind of want to get the video to be as short as possible mm -hmm. so that you can get, you can get the info over without people losing interest and, and, um, people's so attention deficit these days, oh, like you, like with TikTok and all that. So like you want to get the info out as quick as possible. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a big difference. I think the talk of audience is a bit more mature. So mm -hmm. like, 
they don't mind uh, watching longer format uh, videos. Yeah. But um, generally, it doesn't really matter. It depends on if if, if you're trying to get like information over quickly, uh, you should focus then on the quickly part of it um, to get it out there and give give the info to the people what they want. Not worry too much about like uh, how nice it looks or anything like that. Yeah. And then if you're trying to tell a story, you know, obviously stories should take take front and center. Um, and then pacing is extremely important and just make sure that your pacing is on point and then, you know, the length and whatever can come afterwards. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's not many times where people say I want it to be exactly 15 minutes or yeah. I want it to be exactly or longer than 30 minutes or whatever. There's not really any uh stipulations like yeah. that at all no okay. it's, it's more so like what's the goal of the video and yeah. we just try and hit that instead of the length yeah yeah because i think youtube wants to see, you know they prefer something like past eight minutes before i guess you know it gets going and whatnot so and now when it comes once it comes to you know short form content do you find yourself doing a lot of that you know uh, vertical content for people or you're really focused on sort of the you know the regular full length content um yeah so we myself uh, i started just with uh you know landscape um 16 by 9 yeah uh, regular long form YouTube videos. Um, and then we slowly, slowly, slowly started seeing people be more interested in short form content, which I can't blame them. That's like my number one uh, recommendation to people. Yeah. Um, we had a potential client coming to us and he was like, I've got this much money. I don't know what I need. What yeah. do I need? And I told them, do not post on YouTube. Do not stream. Uh, only spend your money. If, if you only have a set amount of money in a set amount of time. Yeah only post on TikTok and only post on YouTube shorts. That's it. Don't do anything else and have that be your like call to actions for your stream so mm -hmm. that people come over to your stream. Um, that's all you need to do. Uh, some people that do that really well is like Stankrat and uh, those kind of guys that like, I think Indra did that pretty well too yeah. in the Tarkov scene where uh, getting um, people's attention on TikTok is really easy compared to um compared to YouTube and, and uh, Twitch. Yeah. So uh, yeah, there's definitely an influx in short form content and uh, we're definitely doing a lot of it. I think we're currently doing 60 TikToks and 60 shorts a month. Wow. Or is it, well, it's 30, 30, 30, 30 shorts and 30 TikToks a month. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, slowly but surely that's just coming up and up and up and up. Uh, people, I think, see the value in that now. Um, yeah. It was always like TikTok when it started off, it was always, a bit of a hmm, what's this mm -hmm. it's not really you know something to care about but it definitely is it's yeah i would say it's your number one place to be posting right now uh, especially if you want to grow your stream exactly post there for yeah. sure. you're not gonna yeah. you're not gonna get rich off of tiktok it's really for direction over to where you you know from a streaming standpoint that's where you're going to get your content you know new viewers and whatnot possibly yeah no absolutely uh just um uh, discoverability wise, like on Twitch, there's zero discoverability. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people that come to me uh, in the DMs and stuff. And they're like, I've been streaming for three more months. I don't know what to do. I always tell them, stop streaming. Don't stream for two, three days a week. Yeah. And that's it. And then the rest of your time, you should be editing content. You should be an editor foremost. Mm -hmm. You should be an editor and then a, and then a streamer. Yeah. Like you should be editing 24 seven. And then when you can, you should be streaming mm -hmm. is my opinion. Um, Cause the only way to get your stream out there is via short form content, YouTube content. That's the only way. That's the only search engine um, that'll really push your stuff out. Twitch yeah. isn't a search engine, or at least I don't think anybody uses that as one. No, I've never gone onto Twitch and typed into the <laughs> thing. 
the Tarkov content right. and then gone through the, you know, you just watch the people you watch. And if you don't watch them, you don't watch them. Yeah. That's it. So, yeah, finding new people is definitely the easiest in short form. Absolutely. For sure. And now, you know, before you started out editing, you know, who did you like or did you have other people that inspired you? What other creators did you sort of like? Oh, wow, that's I like that. That's, you know, some content creators that just you gravitated towards. Um, I would say when I first started, so this was like the Call of Duty days for yeah. me. Um, I was big into like montages and editing to a song. So like pick a song that I enjoyed yeah. and, and edited towards that. Um, and it would be highly focused just on the clips and on whatever editing effects and the feeling that I'm trying to convey. Yeah. So um, naturally, the people that I watched and that I enjoyed was like uh, FaZe Clan, which I think took a big nosedive. Mm -hmm. But back in the day, like way, way, way back, um, Pomage, FaZe Pomage. I don't know if anybody recognized that name. I watched him a lot, Faze Jev, which is still doing fantastic, by the way. He's doing really, really well. Um, all of those like old school guys, I really, really enjoyed watching them. Uh, all of them kind of just played Call of Duty and they, they were just kind of grinding to get good clips mm -hmm. um, and then have those clips shipped to an editor and the editor would like put that into a montage for them. And then those videos are the ones that I would consume. Um, uh, yeah, I think okay. that was like the majority of it. And that's kind of what I try to emulate, you know? Yeah. You always like see something that you like and then you try to emulate that thing. Um, and I've always found that that's the best way to like learn and to grow is to like have something to aim towards. It's always hard to like find your rhythm and your um, uh, your your own flair. You kind of have to emulate other people and see yep. what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. Okay. And now when did you start down the path of being an editor for other creators? Was there certain moments like, you know, I, I like editing so much. I want to try to help other people. And then you went down the path of as, as a freelancer. Or... Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, like I said, I, I kind of just, I, I was doing decently with the content creation stuff. And in South Africa, there, there just weren't many content creators back then. Yeah. Um, this was like right after high school for me. Um, uh, my dad really badly wanted me to be an engineer. And so I tried really hard. I did like summer school and maths and yeah. science and try to get my points up there, my marks up there to get into university for, um, mechanical engineering. I did enjoy it. Mm -hmm. but i don't think i enjoyed it as much as my dad wanted me to enjoy yeah. it so uh and i definitely wasn't I, I wasn't smart enough for it at all but yeah. i tried my best and then i didn't get in and i was like shit okay i didn't get in here uh what am i going to do with my life like i'm a gamer at heart and right. I, I love editing and i love the adobe suite and i love you know that creativeness yeah um i also had um what was it called it was called like architectural design mm -hmm. as a as a um as a subject in school in high school and i loved that that was like drawing drawing like house plans yeah. and mechanical parts and stuff on paper and then designing it and so on um so i enjoyed that as well and so i was like okay screw it i think the only thing that i can really do here uh for university was graphic design i was yeah. like okay this this is something i kind of know what's going on and it's it's pretty easy to get into so i was like i guess good i'm gonna do that and then i did that and they kind of just taught me everything that i already knew that i already taught yeah. myself so it was a bit disappointing i was like oh i'm gonna get like better at right, what i already yeah. know but no i was like up here and they were like trying to teach me this thing yeah. and i was like this is way too easy and so um that gave me an extra like two to three years where i was like okay i can focus on self-study more yeah it's like i know everything these people are trying to teach me um lucky enough and so i was like okay i've got 
two extra time, uh, two extra years where my parents think I'm studying, uh, <laughs> that I can like just self-study the stuff that I want to know, which yeah. is like After Effects and like going really deep into special effects and stuff. And so it's like, okay, cool, I, I can do that. Then after I did that, um, I moved to my mom's place in Jeffreys Bay, a small town in South Africa. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, I uh, I'm getting pretty good at content creation and stuff. And then uh, MSI, a company, spotted me. Yeah. Uh, Microsoft International, they do like computer parts and stuff. I'm sure everybody mm-hmm. knows. Um, and then they sent me to Taipei to Computex. Um, they sent me there to do some, uh, to shoot some video for them oh, and wow. to help them create some content there. So that was fantastic. It was like my first like sponsorship deal thing. Um, so that went really well, really enjoyed that trip. And then after that, I was like, then I, then my my like growth started tapering oh, no. down and down and down. And I was like, oh no, it's the end. Um, so that's when I realized, I think a lot of people kind of, a lot of like content creators get to this point where like they don't see growth anymore and they they feel like a failure because I definitely did. Yeah. Um, that's when I started a sidestep. I was like, okay, let's pivot. Let's, let's use what I've learned and there must be a way to make a living with the stuff that I've learned. So. Right. That's when I started going to people and saying, hey, I think your content can be better. Can I help you? Or people with already like a following. Um, yeah. Hey, I think I can help you with this or this or this. And uh, then I started editing with people, but I, I did all that stuff for free. I yes. didn't charge anything. So for about six months or so, I, I just edited for as many people as I can yeah. for completely free. And I built up a portfolio um, and I had examples of my work that I could then show yeah. Uh, potential new clients and say, hey, I'll do this for $5 or whatever. Right. And then, you know, oh, that's affordable because blah, 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 blah. And then they start hiring me and then it just, you know, snowballs and you up your price and yeah. your portfolio grows and your skill set grows. And, and that kind of just happened. Um, okay. But it, I, I still wasn't self-sustainable. So yeah. I moved to Cape Town for a editing job uh, for advertisers. Yeah. Uh, so I did, um, I did advertise advertising for uh, companies like Axe and Toyota mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it was all under a company that just specializes in like TV commercials. Yeah. And so I was just doing boring, boring editing yep. for boring companies, um, but all that to get by. And then eventually my hobby overtook my income on on those corporate stuff. Yep. And, and then I left my job. Nice. I actually got fired. <laughs> but let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and then uh, I got retrenched. The company went down. But I like saying I got fired. Yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah. And then I did. I did the content creation stuff full time. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. Slowly but surely. Yeah, because it's it's not a. F- easy thing to crack into, you know, because you, you go on Twitter and everybody's, you know, advertising their services and whatnot. And like, you know, you taking your path, you did, you know, offer it up for free till you got street cred, you had a portfolio. That's and go key. Down path. Yeah. That's key, key, key. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Super important. I started doing, um, on the side, I started doing weddings as well, because I, I really enjoyed photography and, mm-hmm. and videography on top of that. So I was like, hey, some people that really need videos done is, is uh, weddings. Apparently that's great. So I was like, cool i'll do this like they they seem like they pay a lot of money for yeah. like wedding videos so i was like this is exactly what i need to go into the cash is there it's one day of shoot you know like maybe two days of editing and yeah. then i got this lump sum of money so i was like cool this is perfect but i had nowhere to start oh, and no. so i did the exact same thing that i did with video editing where i was like i'll do it for free oh, the wow. people who can't afford video editing yeah 
or a, a wedding video yeah. like i think the hierarchy of like how you would do your wedding is like you'd get a photographer uh -huh. first just to do the photos yeah and if you can afford it you'll get a video yeah. i think it should be flipped in my opinion but whatever yeah. um so yeah people would get a photographer but they couldn't afford a videographer and then that's where i stepped in i'm like i'll do it for free just give me a plate of food yeah. uh, and, and, and I'll do everything. Yeah. Um, and so I did that. I did like four weddings completely for free. Mm -hmm. uh, they, I didn't charge them a thing. I think I charged them for like fuel to just get to the venue. Yeah. Um, and, and then I slowly built a portfolio and I had examples to show people because I think that's the key problem that, that people have is like they can't get into the industry because um, they don't have any examples of work to show people. Right. They don't yeah. have any experience. They don't, you know. Um, and so offering your services up for free is a really easy way to build your portfolio, build your knowledge, um, and have something to show people like, hey, this is what I've done. Yeah. I'm not a nobody. Uh, and you don't have to tell people that you did it for free. Right. You can tell them that you charged. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and uh that's how i got into that and then um yeah did that for a little nice. bit too so yeah i would highly recommend that route just do stuff for free until until you're good enough to where you know yeah. you can start charging now do yeah. you miss doing sort of you know shooting real content versus gaming content editing that um no barry i'm a nerd like the most of us <laughs> i like staying inside yeah. <laughs> uh, especially with weddings like you have to dress up you yeah. have to be in uncomfortable shoes i only i only figured out later on that you can just wear like sneakers you yeah. don't have to wear nice shoes so i was wearing like leather shoes oh, at like God. weddings being on my feet from like 6 a.m to catch the sunrise oh, like yes. time lapsing the sunrise to make it look nice yeah um you know filming people getting their hair and makeup uh -huh. done and then staying all day during the formalities and staying uh, after hours to watch yeah. them dance and, and film the dancing section and all of that stuff and the reception and so on. And then going home at like 2 a.m. So you're like there from 6 till 2. Oh God, yeah. I don't know. What's that? 20 something hours. Yeah. Um, it's horrible. It is absolutely horrible. And then, then you go go home and then you've got like 200 gigs worth of wedding footage to sift yeah. through. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, so no, that wasn't fun. No. Um, but it, it paid really well, which was great. Nice. But um, no, I prefer I prefer doing gaming yeah. definitely, and that's where my passion is so for sure. And now, as you know, as a videographer, you know, from a drone standpoint, have you played around with any drone footage and things like that? Because that's got to open up the landscape for from a creativity standpoint. You know, shot you never could do before. Yeah. Um, apropos, I learned that word recently. Apropos <laughs> our recent discussion about the whole like PUBG thing, where like you got a tool to right. do like fly around cameras and stuff in game. Drone is kind of the the same thing for that in real life, yeah. where like you can get different angles and stuff that you that wouldn't really necessarily have. Um, but no, I could never afford one. Yeah. I, I really. I really wanted to get into FPV droning. Yeah. I was like pretty big on that. Um, I'm like a serial researcher. So like whenever I get into stuff, I'm like, okay, I'm going to research the absolute shit out of this until I fully understand everything. Mm -hmm. And then by the time I fully understand everything, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> then my ADHD took over and I'm like, ah, oh, there's something better to do over here. Yeah. Um, oh. So yeah, I've always wanted to do droning and stuff. I, I've always found that really interesting, but no, they're too expensive and I yep. feel like I'm just going to crash and lose it. Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right. So, Back to Tarakov, how did you end up getting hooked up with Pest? Was Pest your first sort of big creator that you connected with? Um, yeah, I would say so. Um, yeah, he's definitely, when he contacted me, I was I was pretty shook because um, he, I think he tweeted out uh, like a form, like a, 
like a Google Sheet form or whatever. He yeah. was he was hiring editors, and um, uh, I think that's the best way of doing it is like having a sheet uh, with a bunch of fields you need to fill in. And I was like, ah, screw it. I was on Twitter, so I saw it, and one of my old, old, old viewers that used to watch me when I made uh, Call of Duty content, they they tagged me in the in the tweet. Yeah. And I was like, all right, whatever, I'll fill it out. And I didn't really think much of it, but I, I filled it out and I and I did a good job with filling it out. Like I really took my time and like wrote everything out nicely. And I tried to link, I didn't have a portfolio and I didn't have a showreel at all. So I just linked like random videos that I could find on the internet, uh, a lot of my own stuff. And mm-hmm. then I linked like weddings in there. Like I went fucking crazy. <laughs> uh, I, I know that this was like a game, a, 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 a video gamer, right? Yeah. Like, uh, but I still... I, I threw in like uh, weddings. I threw in like travel videos. I threw in absolutely everything that I could to like stack it as much as mm-hmm. I could, and and I sent it off. And then um, apparently I made the shortlist, and so they're like, "Cool, we want to just have a chat to you." Yeah. And um, so Pesley and his wonderful wife Christine uh, hopped on a call with me, and we had a chat, and they seemed to like me, and so yeah, I got hired later on. Excellent. It was fantastic. Really, really cool. Yeah. yeah. When he was on the pod, he talked about his one of his biggest regrets was not hiring an editor so, or an editor sooner when he started down this path. It just created, it allowed him to freed up so much more time. Yeah. Uh, I think, um, I think that's true. I think a, a lot of people, um, underestimate how much time it takes to create the content. Yeah. Um, and if you're good at like, there's always like this idea of like uh, you can either you can either do all the plumbing in your house on your own mm-hmm. and do the electric electric works and you can and you can you can clean yourself and you can do all these things. Uh, um, this is a very horrible um, uh, example, but uh, and then maybe you know the pipes will start leaking every now and then and you'll get a little electric shock when you touch the door handle yeah. and stuff. It's a little bit sus. Or you can you can if you have the money you can hire specialists to do those things specifically. So I think editing too, and then he has more time to um, to to dial down the job that he needs to do, right. which is uh, recording and actually creating the content and, yeah. and curating what he's going to do when he's going to do it. And um, take the taking the time to record and all of those things takes a lot of time and energy too. Um, and then he can just send it to us and, and we can make the content he wants to make. Yeah. He has a really keen eye, he, at least when I worked with him, he had a really, really keen eye for what he wanted and how he wanted it done. Mm-hmm. So it was really easy working with him because he gave us really good feedback and we could do exactly what he wanted with us without him having to like research how does After Effects work? Like we already know right. this yeah. thing, so we can implement it immediately without uh, any delay. And I yeah. think that really took his content to the next level and helped him grow quicker. Um, so yeah, I think that's the that's the best thing that they could do. Uh, content creators in general is just getting an editor that's proficient. Yeah. Either that, or or if you don't have the money, to teach yourself to do that on on your own. Yeah. And, um, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, so many so many creators have come through on the pod. You know, that's a big thing for them is getting the editor. And the other thing I hear for people who have you know got an editor, the biggest thing was finding one that matches their style was very difficult for yeah. them too. You know, because not every yeah. editor matches every content creator. Yeah, I mean, um, we all enjoy specific things that we enjoy, and I think content's like very subjective. It's not an objective thing. Like, it's not like being a mechanic or a doctor or something right. where. It's There's black only and white. One right answer. Yeah. 
that like anything can be right like content is super super subjective and so um editors have their own way of doing things and and whatever client that you're working with uh you have to listen to them and pay attention to what they enjoy and the way that they do stuff and you got to research their old content you got to make sure that yeah. you're tailoring the stuff to them uh, and their audience because their audience is used to a specific thing and you got to try and match that or yeah. obviously try and improve on that but match the feel and the vibe um and so yeah that was definitely something that i had to get used to for tarkov i had no idea what tarkov was oh wow way, okay when i started with mesley yeah i think um when he hired me he was like do you know anything about <laughs> about tarkov i was like nope <laughs> i don't know anything um and tarkov is not an easy game to get into so i was no. struggling in the beginning yeah um the first video I did with him was like a, it was a Intel guide on reserve of where the Intel spawns. Um, I remember that very vividly. And the first month uh, of working with Pesity, he paid me for the first month working with him. And he told me the whole first month, I just need to play Tarkov. Don't yeah. talk to me, just play Tarkov <laughs> and write down any like concerns that you have about the game or like yeah. any questions or anything. Cause I think he did that pretty well. Like, it was a negative hiring a, a an editor that doesn't play the game that he's supposed to be editing. Right, that's yeah. a negative. But I think he turned it into a positive by asking me to write down the questions that I might have. And mm -hmm. then what we did is we took those questions and turned them into tutorials. Oh. So he then made tutorials on the questions that I had yeah. coming into the game fresh. And so thousands of other people who came into Tarkov fresh had the same questions I did and we already wrote those down and started making tutorials on those questions. So yeah. he was very, very smart with like turning this negative into a positive and I think he 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 managed that really well and it was sick getting paid just to play oh, yeah, yeah. all day. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, crazy game. Really hard to get into. Yeah. I had a really rough time. Yeah, Pest Pest is definitely a big brain guy. You know, I had Michael on who was is his neighbor and now yeah, is, yeah. you know, yeah. and he I love that guy. I met he, him for the first time a few months ago. Oh, he's time. crazy. But what a you know, he has an amazing story. But again, just going the pest pestly seeing, you know, big, you know, great ways of of you know just growing his content and getting people, you know, working well with people. Yeah. He's super, super, super good with that. Um, he's got a very, very business mind, and yeah. he never switches off. It's no. scary, actually. <laughs> I don't know how he sleeps at night, but he does not switch off. He's constantly on. He's constantly working. Um, yeah, the man is a machine. Definitely one of the hardest working people I've ever had the privilege of working with. Yeah. Um, and he taught me a lot and definitely helped me get to where I was. So if you're watching this, piss, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, now great guy. When you moved off of, or, you know, when you started working with other clients, it's got to be tough because, you know, many aren't like Pest who knows exactly what they want. They, you know, they may, maybe the first time working with an editor and there's just, hey, here's my content, make me a video. Yeah, um, we've had a recent client that came on board with us uh, with Ghost Pixel called um, Ash. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I love Ash, but it's Ash IV. It's Ash, Ash IV, yes. IV. Yeah, he's yeah, been on the pod too. Guy. Oh, amazing guy. Oh, yeah. awesome. Yes. Really, really enjoy that guy. Um, he is uh, he is probably the guy that causes the most amount of laughs in, in the office here. Like <laughs> Kyle edits his content and Kyle's constantly just laughing in the corner. But um, yeah, he he's one of those guys that have never worked with the, with the, with an editor before and before, the, before he hired us. And yeah, same question. Like, he doesn't even know what he wants yet um or he he doesn't know what to expect working with with an editor mm -hmm. and it's always humbling having people trust you with their baby like yeah. 
they're literally trusting you with everything that they've built over years. Yeah. Um, and trusting you, you don't screw it up in one video. So obviously there's like a QA process and um, making sure that, you know, we don't screw it up. So he watches it afterwards. I watch it after Kyle's done with it. Right. And uh, we make sure that it's up to scratch, but still even just like paying money for someone to take over a job that you've been doing for so long um, must be terrifying. And I, yeah. um, super humbled that they're okay with doing that but i think it's just communication you just yeah. got to make super super sure that you're communicating everything properly you're talking to the content creators mm -hmm. as much as you can uh touching base constantly yeah. making sure that they're happy um yeah communication is everything in all facets of life but specifically mm -hmm. with working with with content creators because um it feels like you're taking over their channel which you're not doing but yeah. it feels like it so yeah it's, 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 it's your edits yeah. that are representing their brand and everything like that so it needs to be up to that you know good le you know a level that they're used to at least yeah yeah and if you try and implement new things and if you're like obviously as an editor you don't want to just only do what you've been told you want right. to go the extra mile and you want to try and improve their content exactly you don't yep. just keep it the same what's the point of that like they're hiring you to keep stuff the same yeah so you want to improve but you want to you want to touch base constantly you want to make sure um listen i added this do you think this is okay right you know um and uh yeah just keep communicating yeah. yeah his so he you know his main thing was tarkov and then he transitioned over into like you know other yeah. games and his cut his yeah. day z content is just fantastic and it's like you're saying so funny he's just got a great mind for you know for the from the creative aspect of this i think uh i think he's doing this the right way uh a lot of a lot of streamers uh exactly touching based on what we spoke earlier like a lot of streamers have streaming be like their main thing yeah they only focus on streaming and then uh youtube content and and uh, tiktok and whatnot the offline stuff that comes second yeah i think ash ash is one of the few creators where i think he's got it down perfectly where he sees his streams as a recording session mm -hmm. for the offline content so like the streams um are literally just recording sessions so he's got like stuff planned that he wants to do yeah. on stream he's got notes next to him he wants to do this and this and this and this i'm assuming that's what he's doing but it looks like it yeah um and then he streams for like three days a week or four days a week uh for a few hours like four or five hours and then all of that is just material to fuel the offline content yeah and then the offline content reaches way better than twitch will ever reach oh absolutely because uh seo is up there and and uh tiktok's um uh discoverability is super super high so then it blows up on tiktok uh the links in his bio people enjoy his stuff uh it, they get served the same stuff over mm -hmm. and over if you enjoy his stuff obviously that's how the algorithm works and then you know, it it kind of funnels back to his his uh, Twitch, yeah. Um, and then more and more people watch his recording sessions, and then because they've been a part of the recording sessions, they want to know what the offline content coming from right. that looks like, so they go watch the offline content, and they just balance it back and forth, back and forth. He's got that down to a T. Absolutely, so, uh, very very cool. I think that's how everybody should be doing things. Yeah. yeah. And and anybody who's streaming live, you they they've got to go with and put something up there on YouTube because YouTube works when you're not streaming, when you're sleeping and you just it's always there. Exactly. It's like um it's like uh working a 9 to 5 to like owning a business where you're making money while not working. It's right. kind of that same thing. We're like YouTube 
uh, all of your old videos are, are accumulating views over time, and all of that is funneling people to your Twitch. Um, exactly. Uh, I, I know Twitch is a big, big, big money maker for content creators, and more so than YouTube generally, mm -hmm. depending on the size, obviously. Yeah. Um, excuse me for that. Um, but the uh, yeah, the key is to to have that offline content there for people, so that when you're not online, uh, you're still uh, being watched. Yeah. And, and you're, you're still reaching people. Yeah. And now you touched a little bit on, you know, when Ash was taking notes or his workflow. So what is your sort of workflow from like concept to finally, you know, like and subscribe? Do you, you, do the creators come with you and saying, here's my story I want to do and sort of create it? Or do you sort of work with them to create the, you know, help them create the story and the vision? Um, yeah, I've got a different way of doing things. Uh, I've got uh, private clients that. Yeah only me frank works with um so uh i only have two currently it's uh jc kazam and swamp fox yeah um and those two uh i work with privately yeah uh, my company doesn't touch them at all it's just me um and they have my full undivided attention mostly <clears throat> between them two, <laughs> um and then i've got clients that my company works with mm -hmm. um and i obviously put my nose in there thoroughly too and make sure everything is up to standard um yeah. But with um, Swamp Fox and Jesse, uh, they want their content to be a very, very particular, specific way. And so I try to uh, get, uh, get it to that standard. So they're really, really good at like giving me briefs. So they would like type out an essay for me and yeah. make sure that they, they give me every single little bit of detail of how they want things to show. Um, I obviously put my own riff on that yep. and, and I, I try to add things that I think is, is necessary to add, or I think we can do things a bit differently than I would open up a discussion with them and, um, have a, have a, have a chat, have a meeting with them and say, okay, I, I see what you put down here, but I think we should do things this way or that way, or, uh, we can add things or take some stuff away and we have a proper discussion. Yeah. Um, I have like a weekly talk with Jesse where we literally just sit down and, and uh, brainstorm for nice. like an hour or two hours a day. It's it's fantastic. Um, and the same with Swamp Fox. Like we call each other often. We we discuss the topics and we discuss the videos and make sure that it's exactly what he wants. Yeah. Um, and then again, it, there'll be a lot of back and forth. Like I'll send the videos to them and they'll say, this doesn't look right. Change this, add this, take that away. They'll send it back to me and I'll, I'll make those changes and send yeah. it back. And then there's other clients, like I said, that my company deals with mm -hmm. where... Um, they don't really care. They just want content to go up, and they don't really want to be a part of um, a part of the uh, uh, creativity of it. They yeah. trust us to do that nice. part. They're like, "I'm gonna do my thing, which is streaming, and yeah. you guys do your thing, which is the offline content." And they trust us. Nice. Super humble that they do trust us, and they're just like, "Whatever you guys think is best, you guys do that." And um, uh, they'll check in every week or two and make sure everything is going well. But usually they just send us VOD. We do yeah. what we do and we manage their whole YouTube channel for them. We oh, nice. do the thumbnails, the titles, we schedule everything. Yeah. And it just happens. They don't have to think about it. They nice. just stream and we go pull the VOD and we, we yeah. handle everything else and uh, uh, manage their TikToks and all of those things. And it just happens, yeah. right? Nice. So there's like 
two two brackets where people really care and they're very particular mm -hmm. and specific about things and then there's other people who trust us to do everything completely and they'll you know from a distance they'll kind of yeah. uh, add a few things or take a few things away yeah. oh so you do do the full soup to nuts basically here's my vod and now you Absolutely. like you just said the thumbnails the titles tagging you're managing their channels for them everything nice everything 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 yeah uh we even reply to comments sometimes yeah. if we if we think uh there's some info that the creators won't have we'll we'll reply to yeah. that and make sure that it's handled uh yeah it's like a it's like a full thing it's they, they literally don't touch yeah. their youtube yeah yeah nice. they'll just go through the comments and see what people think and they'll they'll reply and say thank you for watching and yeah. whatever and i'm sure they keep up with their own content too because they're the one that recorded it so they yeah. know what's happening um <laughs> But yeah, that's it. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Now, uh, what any secrets you want to share with thumbnails? Because you know that's always the you know thumbnails Ooh, yeah. are important. Um, thumbnails are important. <laughs> I um I actually have been um putting together a. I'm trying to find the file here for you. I've been putting together a, a thumbnail. I don't know what to call it. Like a thumbnail. Um, not a master class yeah but like everything that i've learned from the thumbnail oh, nice. designing over the years i've put i've started putting into uh like a five page document with like exactly everything that i think that you need to know and why those things are the way that they are um oh yeah i've got it here it's not done though i'll definitely send it to you when it's done um but I plan on just giving that out to the community for free. So nice. I'll, I'll put that up on my website eventually yeah. when it's done under the free section and they can just download that and use it. But uh, there's there's a bunch of things that people need to take into consideration. I think the first thing that people kind of underestimate is thumbnails are tiny. Yes. Everybody thinks that uh, they add so much detail to thumbnails and they're like, oh, I'll put, you know, a paragraph of text here. Right. And, like no one's going to read that. They, yeah. You can't see anything. Um, so I think that's the number one tip that I can give people is to not over detail thumbnails. Yeah. Thumbnails are super, super small. And if it, if it doesn't, like you kind of have to like, uh, think of yourself as someone who's going through, um, your sub box or your homepage on YouTube. How many seconds do you look at a thumbnail? Right. Like one second, maybe. So you kind of have to be able to tell exactly what's going on in the video with the thumbnail within like a second yeah. and if you don't then it's 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 a it's a failure of a thumbnail in my opinion it's it's a um, it's or at least art. drive people to watch to read the title yeah it's an art and i still don't know what i'm doing i've been <laughs> in the industry full time for like eight years now and i still don't know what the hell's going on so we're all learning daily and um stuff changes like stuff changes really really quickly yeah oh so, absolutely uh yeah you got to keep on top of it and you got to keep learning and keep being curious yeah and now we, you, there's you... a new thing I oh. want to say, sorry to cut you off, Barry. Um, YouTube is rolling out, all creators listening now, YouTube is rolling out a beta where you can upload, it's like A-B testing for thumbnails. So like, oh, wow. you can upload three thumbnails to your channel, or to a video, and then YouTube will serve those three separate thumbnails to um, to people separately. Um, and then let's say, uh, your CTR for one thumbnail is higher than the other one. Uh, your uh, click-through rate is higher for one thumbnail than the other one. It'll slowly but surely serve that thumbnail oh, wow. more so than the other ones. That's great. Yeah, and then it, 
on the back end, you can see what the click-through rate is for all three, and you can see, oh, this one worked better or that one worked better, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So that's a pretty cool thing. It's not out yet. I think it's coming out in the next month or two, but that's a really, really cool thing to look out for. I'm really excited for that's that. That's pretty cool. Game, for and sure. also yeah. for those thumbnail artists, that means they're making more thumbnails, which is good for them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also it'll, it'll, it'll like, you don't have to use it. I'm sure on every single video, but right. it just gives you a direction. Like, you know, Oh, this works. Uh, whereas nice. now either your video does well or doesn't well, doesn't do well. You kind of don't know where to go from there. Yeah. Um, but with this, you, you have a direction. It's like, Oh, okay. My audience likes purple, for example, right. let's do more purple thumbnails. Yeah. Very cool. So that's great. All right. So another thing that you're involved with is ghost pixel, which I think that's yeah. the company you've been talking about. And what made you start ghost pixel? Oh, um, so I, um, I have been working really, really long hours, like with Pesley, we were doing so much work. Um, it was crazy. Like, like I said, Pesley is such a hard worker. He just, it's just go, 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 go. Yeah. And I couldn't keep up with him. The man was, <laughs> the man was unstoppable. Um, and his hunger for content is insane. And, and, uh, that was very obvious to me and that was super super inspiring um and we were two editors in the beginning it was will and i yeah and then will left to go work for another content creator and so i was alone for like a month or two which was horrifying. oh my god <laughs> uh yeah and then he hired two other amazing editors narfa and boomer both of which are top tier editors mm -hmm. absolutely amazing and that was so much fun to work with but even the three of us were like struggling to get through the workload <laughs> that Pesky was throwing at us it was crazy so um, I definitely knew that I didn't want to work that hard for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, like I was doing between like 12 and 16 hour days. Oh, wow. Just editing all day long. Um, that was insane. And I just couldn't keep up anymore. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, the only way that I can really do this better is by having someone help me with stuff. So, um, after that. I started doing like a lot of VOD cuts. So like I would have a whole VOD that I need to cut down mm -hmm. uh, into the good moments. And then after I do that first rough cut of uh, the VOD, yeah. I have to go in and like actually make it entertaining and do the edits, the proper edits. So I was like, if I can hire someone to do this for me, to like do the rough cut first, yeah. um, to go through the eight hours, eight hour VOD and cut it down for me, like in a neat little uh, pack of, of, of like, a, like a highlight clip. Yeah. And then I can come in afterwards um, and do uh, the the more detailed uh, right. edits on top of that, and add the music and add the uh, the crops and stuff and whatever yeah. I want to do with the video at the end. Um, that'll save me a lot of time, uh, and then I don't have to work as much. So right. I was like, "This is perfect. I can do that." And so uh, a friend of mine, Kyle, he uh, kind of had the similar thing that I did, where like I was creating content and it was starting to take a nosedive and I just wasn't feeding it anymore. He had the same thing going with him where he was doing Twitch streams um, and he was doing pretty well. Like he was self-sufficient with, mm -hmm. with Twitch, um, but he also just didn't feel like it was going anywhere. And I was like, Hey, in your off times, can I teach you editing? And then you can help me with editing and I can pay you and you know, you can make a little bit of extra money yeah. and also learn how to, how to edit. And with that skill of editing, you can edit your own content too. And, like like we said earlier, it's so important to have offline content so that that'll help your stream out and you can help me out and we yeah. both get paid and so on and so on. So I was like, that's cool. Uh, let's do that. And so he helped me for a really long time. Um, and 
that just grew and grew and grew and grew uh, until he was like, screw it, he's going to stop streaming and just do editing with oh, me wow. full time. Um, yeah, and I could afford it and clients were still coming in to me. Um, and it was a lot of stress because mm -hmm. they're expecting my level of quality and it's my friend doing quite a bit of the work. Yeah. And then I'm coming in afterwards with the scalpel and I'm exactly. detailing yeah. and making it making it perfect so it was kind of stressful because like it's my name that's on the line yeah. but it's someone else that's helping me with the work so it's like don't fuck up kyle please <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is super important um and that was great i really enjoyed that i really enjoyed teaching and mm -hmm. like uh, like it's always fun like sharing your passion with someone else and absolutely having them understand stuff and they're like oh you do it like this that's interesting da, 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 da. so stuff like that was been great and then hired him full-time um and we've been going at it for i think a year and a half now and then um after that uh we just got bigger and bigger and bigger and then uh, i think two months ago or so we signed oh it's been two weeks it feels like two months <laughs> uh we signed uh landmark and landmark's on board now full-time too oh excellent congratulations so then, yeah thank you so much um and then i hired my other best friend uh guy oh, nice. so then he nervously uh <laughs> left his full-time back-end oh, wow. developer job <laughs> yeah to come sit in a tiny little uh closet of an office with me um and kyle so it's we're literally three best friends all working together now full-time uh just doing editing and the same thing so now kyle's teaching guy a little bit and yeah. i'm trying to manage it a little bit and then still growing and mm -hmm. then i hired an australian guy who's helping us um temporarily yeah um and uh, yeah, we're just growing and growing, and growing. Actually, looking for another editor. So if everyone, anyone needs work, please <laughs> hit me up. Um, but yeah, no, it's been fantastic. Uh, that's the reason that I started it, and um, it's been really great to like give a cool opportunity to them, mm -hmm. but also um, expand and um, be able to help more and more creators yeah. um, with their content, and, and hopefully just giving value to people, which is ultimately the goal. Nice. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Excellent. And now That's five years ago, you know, you go from there to what you are now, you know, what do the parents think? Are they like, Oh my God, you're mate. You know, this is what you do for a living. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. My, my dad hated me gaming yeah. in high school. He was like, <laughs> there's no future in this. This is not like, he kept on telling me like I lived in a, in a dreamland. Like yeah. this is never gonna really do anything. Like I'm spending an absurd amount of time, uh, gaming and, and making content. And uh, I, I I don't know, I, I had some faith in myself and yep. I saw other people on YouTube doing the content creation thing. So I was like, there must be something about this that's going to, you know, work. Yeah. Um, but it ultimately wasn't my, my goal to do this full time. It kind of just snowballed and happened. And luckily, I, I, I um, with people like Pestily mm -hmm. in the early days, like gave me a shot and I just showed up to it and I took as many opportunities as I possibly can yeah. and, and made a thing out of it. Yeah. My parents are still shook. Um, <laughs> they don't know what to think. Um, they still don't understand really, you know, the whole online thing. Right. I think very few parents know what the hell's going on. Very true. Like how are you, how are, how are your clients making money playing video games? Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's very obvious how it's working, like AdSense and stuff. Exactly. Like to me, yeah. it's such an obvious thing, but uh, I don't think they recognize or realize how big uh, YouTube is and how big the internet is. Right. They still don't get it, and um, 
it's kind of funny that they don't get it because it's so apparent to us. But, exactly, because you, you uh, yeah, go to YouTube a lot of people that don't get it. and you just see the amount of people watching it and you can relate, you know, they can relate to it. They, you know, they're used to just TV, watching TV with commercials yeah. and the commercials pay for yeah. the TV. And that's, that's exactly yeah. same thing. Exactly. exactly the same thing. Yeah. But they, they genuinely just don't get it. Uh, <laughs> no matter how much I've tried to explain yeah. it, they're just oh. like, okay, whatever, Frank, <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah. And now I saw that you you made it over to TwitchCon in San Diego. How yeah. was that experience? Yeah. Oh, that was insane. I had absolutely the best time ever. Um, we went with Pestley, uh, mm-hmm. with Pestley and uh, Boomer and Narfa, the two other editors. We all went together. It was like a big happy family. Oh, and uh, Pestley's sister came with us. Oh, well. nice. Um, Jen, she's absolutely amazing. And um, we went and um, had a really good time. It was my first time at a TwitchCon. It was my first time in San Diego too. Mm-hmm. So it was really great just seeing seeing the city and yeah. um, being around there and, and being around like-minded people, which is something you don't really get to experience as often uh, as I would like as like a gamer slash content right. creator, editor kind of person. There's not many people in society like you don't walk into a coffee shop no. and it's like, hey, full time streamer there, full time streamer there. People that really understand the, um, the 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 space mm-hmm. as well as you do. And well, even, there's nothing really that even just a couple of years ago, like you know, you're you know people with you know the, the normal jobs, the corporate jobs. You know, you find somebody who's a yeah. gamer. It's like. It's like, oh, you game? Yeah, I do. Like, it's, it's always been sort of like, you know, frowned it's like upon. An, it's like an inner circle, yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, the only thing I can relate it to is like motorcycling and you're on the highway and you see another motorcyclist and you wave to them. Yeah. They always wave back. Like, like okay, most of the time, at yeah. least like 80% of people wave back and it's always like this inner biker circle. You know, uh-huh. cool. We're cool, we're bikers. <laughs> um, and the same thing with gamers. It's like, oh my God, there's someone like me. Like here, here he is. Like yeah. I can talk to him about like things that I'm so, so, so passionate about. Yeah. And you really don't experience that in everyday life. And so at TwitchCon, it was like this hyper-focused group of people at an event that all share the same passion and the same interests. Um, and, and it was so refreshing and it was so nice. such a, such an eye opening thing to like, know, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting at my PC for ungodly amount of hours every day. And, and I see the people on Twitch, mm-hmm. like numbers and names, um, but seeing them in real life and being like, Oh, this is real. I'm not crazy. Right. I know that sounds pretty insane, but just knowing that these people actually exist and like, you're yeah. not alone. And, uh, stuff like that was was really really good. I um, really enjoyed it. On that trip over, what what was the highlight of you know the 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 American trip? Um. Oh, so TwitchCon was fantastic, and, yeah. and meeting everybody that I've spent so much time with online was great. Like yeah. personally, I think I worked with him for like three years, and we never met. Oh and wow! And we met at, at at TwitchCon, so um, that was great. Just giving him a hug and <laughs> saying hello to him and to Jin and to the two other editors. Mm-hmm. Um, it was such a really cool bonding experience because, like, you talk to those people every single day, right. um, like full on colleagues, and you just never meet them. So yeah. that was great. I think that was definitely the highlight. But then after that, uh, Pesley and I got invited to. Pesley did. He he dragged me with. Luckily, thank God, um, <laughs> to go um, shoot some guns yes. with. Yes. Uh, donut operator and i think matt best was there and the ak guy yeah and um yeah 
I can't even name all of them. There were so many cool people there, um, and we were at their uh, gun range, and we were just shooting an absolute insane amount of guns. <laughs> um, so that Clean was there too. Clean's yeah. such a cool guy. Well, he I heard me, you touch Clean's PP, so I saw the tweet. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> I did. He let me shoot his PP nineteen. Yeah. No, that was absolutely. That was definitely. I think the highlight in terms of like cool shit that I got to do. Yeah. Was so cool. Um, Pest and I did a video where we shot every single gun in Tarkov in real life. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the concept. And they were kind enough to let us shoot uh, a silly amount of uh, guns and ammo. I don't even want to think how much that ammo cost, but we <laughs> shot so many rounds. It was sick. Now, was that uh, so your, that was cool. Was that, that was your cool. first time shooting guns or, you know, in South Africa, you're, you do some shooting? Um, South Africa CCW is... Uh, legal so um we can conceal carry i don't have okay. one but um we have a we definitely have like a gun culture in south africa yeah um and i've shot some guns on farms and stuff and then about a year or so a uh, guy here behind me and, and and i went to a gun range and we just shot a bunch of guns oh, like nice. but all si single fire so like we just shot like a few 12 gauges uh, and okay yeah a, sing a single fire 762 aka and uh 223 and a few glocks and stuff but it was all single fire all you know you have like 10 bullets and mm -hmm. that's about it per gun so it's like just one of those experiences it was still a lot of fun but it does not compare even remotely <laughs> to the shit that we got to do uh at the in at texas the yeah they have there. yeah no absolutely it's like first time shooting fully auto yeah which is absolutely crazy and then i also shot that uh shoulder mounted um 50 cal oh wow the the barrett the yeah, yeah it's like a super rifle. yeah special fancy barrett that yeah. was made for like shooting down helicopters and shit oh, it was really oh, cool oh. shooting that too yeah nice um, absolutely amazing and yeah. i saw you experience an in and out burger uh the burger joint yeah yeah went to in and out that's like a that's like a classic thing that we just had to do in california absolutely. i don't know if it's anywhere else in the u.s is only it? a is couple it of a couple of states have it you know like texas there's yeah. one in texas there's you know i'm in the northeast new england area we don't uh, you know there's none yeah. of those up here and and anytime i go to texas or cali that's a stop absolutely yeah no exactly um it's, it was such a culture shock like coming from south africa to u.s it always is mm -hmm. um every single country i go to i'm always like gobsmacked by the way that they do things yeah um but we stayed at um we stayed at donut operator's house oh nice slept on his couch and we we got there and guns absolutely everywhere <laughs> it was insane um and uh he got us whataburger so i, uh, oh, I got nice. to eat whataburger yeah. which apparently is also like the like the big burger chain that you need to try so i got to try in and out and whataburger wow. it was great yeah, you guys are definitely at the top of the game when it comes to burgers, that's for sure. Excellent. Uh, we definitely cannot compete. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. <laughs> uh, so, yes, yeah, because I also saw the tweet. Yeah, you were in, you know, at, at his uh, donor operator's kitchen or something like that. I was like, that's, that's an experience. Yeah. Yeah, that was. No, it was absolutely amazing. The man has a massive hot uh, hot sauce collection. He's got a whole fridge just filled with hot sauces oh, wow. like from top to bottom. It was absolutely ridiculous. Um, and uh, yeah, he I, I was so giddy just seeing guns everywhere. I was yeah. like, can I please touch them all? Can I please touch? <laughs> so he like he let me handle a few guns. They were all safe and unloaded. Yeah. But just holding like 300 blackouts, like fully decked out mm -hmm. like to the nines. It was oh. such a good experience. I slept on his couch and on his couch, I remember... I was sleeping and they have a cat called Cheese. Mm -hmm. um, it's a ragdoll. It's the 
the furriest little cutest cat I've ever seen. So he was like sleeping by my feet and I was on the on the couch. And then I my head was like touching something solid above me. I was like, what the hell is this? And it was a gun, just a full <laughs> rifle <laughs> laying behind my head on the couch. Um, one of the ones that he showed me earlier, but it was just such a culture shock. Like yeah. back here, you know, guns are just it's- not very legal yeah uh in, in in specific areas and specific ways of carrying so yeah just having like a full ar behind yeah. my head on the couch was such a weird time oh my um, but i loved every second of it nice. they're such they were so accommodating and so friendly it was great excellent yeah, and that's that's, that's what i hear about you know that's one of the things i really like about the tarkov community and whatnot is like there's you know whether you're a smaller streamer or a larger streamer you look at something like twitchcom with the tarkov meetup or when they met like when they um uh, at Veritas's sort of uh, yeah. place, doing the stream from there, all levels yeah. and just everybody got along. It's just nice to see. Yeah, I think Tarkov is such a small game that like everybody who's a part of it and everybody that's like passionate about the game, they they all are just super super accommodating. Like even we went to TwitchCon Paris as well yeah. uh, recently. Um, we got like a little get together. I think Pesley tweeted it out or whatever, and we kind of just all get together. Yeah, everyone is welcome at all times, and um, it's such a sense of community. It feels yeah. like you're a part of something, which which feels really really great. Nice. All yeah. right. So when you're not editing, you're not you know you're not doing anything with Ghost Pixel. What do you like to do away from you know computers? Ooh. I'm a big sleeper. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I don't really do much else than then work it's kind of weird but like i i would i i go to bed at like three and then i wake up at like 10 and then i try and get into the office at like 11 yeah and then 12 okay 12 (laughs) (laughs) they're like sniggering behind me 12 1 p.m maybe 3 p.m um and then uh, and then we work until like uh until like midnight or one or whatever when do you get out on a motorcycle yeah, so uh, my motorcycle is like the only thing that actually gets me out. Um, we haven't really gone for a ride very very often. Um, a guy is the other friend of mine that has a mm-hmm. has a bike, and we try to do as many rides as possible. But we've we've been slacking. We've been slacking <laughs> hard on that uh, the last uh, year or so. But yeah, um, South Africa is an absolutely incredible place to uh, ride, mm-hmm. and our roads are beautiful, and the views are gorgeous. Uh, I think Ten Months one of the seven wonders of the world. Yeah, so it's just it's just beautiful. Yeah, it's such a great time, uh, and the weather is always nice. Um, so yeah, motorcycling is definitely one of those, and then traveling, traveling as much yeah. as I can, uh, nice. seeing places, and yeah, definitely excellent. Yeah, I saw I watched your uh, motorcycling vlog that you you put together, and the footage looked oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's the first and the, the last <laughs> one I did. I haven't done any any since. I every single time I I upload something on my YouTube channel, I'm like, I'm back. Yeah, I'm gonna do this again. And then I just never do. I oh. I just don't have the time or or uh yeah. I I feel like when I did upload, it was because I didn't really have anything else to do. Yeah. So I'm uploading. Um. But I'm more interested in the technicalities of content than mm-hmm. the actual content, if yeah. that makes any sense. Absolutely. So um so yeah, and, and like I said, I don't have time to game. So I don't have time to 
get content to act, <laughs> to be able to edit it to be able to upload it myself so yeah. whenever i do go out and do stuff like when we went to paris recently for twitchcon we filmed everything and we're, we're trying to like put a little vlog together and yeah um, that always excites me and it always makes me happy that like i get to share uh, personal experiences with other people and i think mm -hmm. that's a main reason why content creators like creating content it's sharing moments with other exactly. people exactly yeah or sharing ideas or sharing conversations and and I, I i'm still a big 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 uh supporter and lover of that concept of like sharing your experiences with other people yeah absolutely love that it's just i don't i don't have much time these days <laughs> that's all yeah. so let me ask you as a motorcyclist you come to connecticut yes. where i live people oh, stop please. people stop at the border who are riding motorcycles and they take their helmets off and they ride with oh, no, no helmets never. yeah that's no. the crazy thing that's to suicidal see. i yeah i can't no I can never, uh, there's this concept called ATGAT, all the gear all the time. Yeah. And uh, I'm uh, I'm a big believer of that. Like if um, there's some scary stats of like 70% of all crashes or that's an arbitrary number. I don't know what the number is, yeah. but a percentage of all crashes happens in like, like a mile from your house or something. Oh, so wow. like, even if you're just going to the shops, always wear all your gear. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, I I can't think of a more scary thing than getting into a in a, a motorcycle accident. Yeah. So uh, I would I want to be I want to be geared up at all times. Absolutely. Like, protect my spine, protect my head. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, it's too scary to me. But yeah, I mean, props to those guys. Oh. Like, do what you want with your life. I'm uh, as long as you're not hurting anyone else, go for it. Whatever. Yeah. No, we'll when we first moved here from Canada, and it's like Canada, everyone wears a helmet. You know, under safety, safety, safety. Yeah, yeah, but here we're driving down, and you know, guys on their crotch rockets, no helmet, t-shirt, and shorts. It's oh like, my god, no! Just a bee hitting no. you in the head would be just like, yeah, yeah exactly, wild. right? Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. You know, it's terrifying. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that those injuries of like literally getting graded on tarmac, I Oof. can't. Ugh, yeah. Just the the image of that, I don't yeah. want to. No, Kevlar, please, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kevlar everywhere. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. So one more quick question on on content creation. What's your take on AI and the mm -hmm. tools that are out there? Are you guys starting to use any of it or? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, we try to. Um, I I use uh, what's it called ChatGPT yeah. as much as I can. Mm -hmm. So like whenever I don't know something, I ask I ask that man. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, ChatGPT does a great job of like really just giving you anything. I think um, also for content creators, not necessarily editors, but uh, AI is an absolutely amazing tool. If you need ideas, exactly. Yeah. You can just say give me ideas give, yeah. give me five ideas on how to blah 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 and it just spits out stuff and even if you don't use all of it um just having that little bit of feedback mm -hmm. uh to be able to be like okay i can bounce off of those ideas or i can uh, i can i can come up with different alterations of yeah. those things um that's always fantastic help just having that input from even if it's ai you know exactly. it doesn't really matter where it's coming from as long as you're getting stimulated um uh creatively um and then we use uh, the Photoshop beta, which has mm -hmm. uh, got some like generative full options yeah. and stuff. We use that every now and then. Um, but for actual video editing, everything is done by hand. Nice. We don't use any AI. Um, yeah. there's, it's We're just not there yet. Like, trust me, I'm all for doing stuff easier <laughs> and not harder. It's just um, video editing AI just isn't there yet. Nope. Um, especially not for like uh, Tarkov content. Like, yep. I know for like talking ahead videos, like podcasting specifically, you like maybe chop for it you, up. Yeah. there's a lot of like AI stuff that can help you with uh, yeah, camera switching and, yeah. and uh, cutting off um, 
cutting the audio to make sure that there's no dead space and stuff like that. I know AI AI tools really help with that, but for the kind of edits that we're doing, uh, there doesn't really exist anything yeah. yet. So it's all done by hand. It's all custom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I like I like ChatGPT. Even just helping for just sparking some ideas or rephrasing exactly. certain words exactly. or rephrasing like you know YouTube title. I want to do this, and then it's oh, okay. Yeah, and just it helps. Yeah. Little guidance here yeah. and there. It, it sounds insane, but yeah, like off of the off of the topic of um, AI and like just getting input and getting like a creative a creative stimulus from from other angles and other mm -hmm. people and stuff. I would highly recommend all all creatives in any field to um, get a group of people together. It doesn't even matter if they're necessarily in your field or not. Uh, like video editors can chat yeah. with. Um, uh, visual artists can chat with uh, music producers. It's like just having these two guys in the office right yeah. now. Like they're sharing an idea right, right now. I don't know what the hell they're talking about, but it's definitely, it's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely stimulating um, to just have someone else's opinion. Exactly. Even if that person is AI. Yeah. So um, yeah, use all the tools at your disposal um, and make sure that you're not an island. Um, right. Because being an island's bad usually uh you you, you can't make much progress no. without any other external input so nope. for sure very yeah. true so now uh any goals any big big plans for this year for you or ghost pixel um for go well go yeah for ghost pixel we want to try and expand i need to hire more people so uh, i need to do that um we're kind of out, like i said we're just working 24 7 to try and keep up with demands yeah um and we're super humbled by it. We're so happy that we have the opportunities that we have. And uh, the creators that we're working with are absolutely amazing. Um, and we love their content and we love working with them. It's just a lot. So we want right. to try and expand and we want to do it in a smart way. We, we don't uh, waste time and waste energy and resources. We just don't have much. So yeah, I'm still so new to like the whole business side of things. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> And uh, I'm trying to like learn as as quickly as I can to like catch up with the reality of things. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so hiring people, um, just expanding slowly, and <laughs> guys just saying, yeah, God knows that. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying my best here, and I don't really always know the answers and stuff. But um, we we're trying to expand, and personally, I'm moving to Scotland, like I said, so that's a big change. Yeah. And um, the, the the dynamic is going to change a lot. There's going to be an empty seat in the office here, um, and I'm going to have to manage these guys. And, yeah. Uh, do things in a way uh, where we can keep up with stuff, but I'll, I'll be remote. Yeah. So nice. it's going to be a bit tough. Yeah. So you made it to the end of the pod. You survived, you know, the Tarnox podcast. Before I let you nice. go, though, like with everybody yes. who's been on before you, I asked them to shout out somebody that they think would have a good story to tell on the pod. Ooh, see, I don't have a list of people that you've already had on, so I might, I might be like double tapping. Throw the them out here. and I'll tell you if they've been on or not. Okay. Um, Huh. Will, have you had Will on? Will, Will is one of my no, no, no. So it, his name is uh, his tag is a sarcastic Brit. No, I have not. You haven't. He's a fellow editor. Okay. Um, he is the guy that. So I gotta gotta give love to my editor friends. Um, he is a guy that uh, got hired with me. Mm -hmm. Uh, to work with Pestley for the first time, and then he left a little bit earlier. Um. So we've been working together and he's been um, managing really big um, 
content creators like uh, Juicy and a few others. So he's been managing people more mm -hmm. on like the managing side of oh, things. Okay. Um, and he's been working with brands and so like brand integration into content. Yeah. Obviously, there's a bunch of different ways of making money and, and, and brand and ads is uh, one way, mm -hmm. um, sponsorships. <laughs> so he's been dealing with that side of things a little bit more. And then he also does um, a bunch of QA things and um yeah management in general so i all think right. i think he'll be a, he'll be a great fit for this excellent yeah, for sure. all right and do you want to share like you just awesome. said do you want to shout out any of your editor friends that people may not know do some great work for you know some creators um yeah so uh ghost pixel obviously please um definitely get in contact with us um i'm sure that you'll put the website somewhere yep. um uh, the other guys that I've worked with in the past, all of them, um, Boomer, uh, Boomer's a great editor, really good friend of mine, uh, Narfa, absolutely spectacular. The quality of his effects are absolutely mind blowing. Um, he's, I, I don't know if he's available right now, but, uh, he, he's still working with Pesity full time. So he's got his plate full for sure, but he's an amazing guy. Um, and then, um, Brit. That I just spoke yep. about as well. Excellent. Uh, and then everybody in the office here, yeah, they're really great guys. <laughs> oh. Well, Frankie, yeah. thank you so much for doing this. It was wonderful to meet you. Thanks, Barry. I appreciate um, it. Yeah, you be too. Best of luck with Ghost Pixel. Good luck thank on the you. move. Thank you. And uh, thank you again. Awesome. Thanks so much, Barry. I appreciate it.